Praise God. Praise God. Oh, you can open your Bibles, the book of Matthew chapter 27, verse 29. I have two main texts this evening. One of them is Matthew 27, verse 29. Uh, the other one is Revelations chapter 20, verses 11 through 12. Revelations chapter 20, verses 11 through 12. So uh, those, those two are our main text, and we're going to be comparing the two and seeing how, what the Holy Spirit will speak to us this evening, what a privilege it is to minister. Thank God for that. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, there's a story that if you've been in church a long time or you've been reading your Bible for a while, so it's found in 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 15 through 17. You don't need to open there, it's just uh, my illustration. And it's about Elisha and his servants. He has a servant, and they get surrounded by, a, by an army. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, the, the, the servant sees one thing, while Elisha sees another thing. They're looking at the same enemy, but one sees only the enemy, yet the other one sees more than the enemy. So let me read you the text. The Bible says... And when, the, and when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, or Elisha answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountains was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Now this is a familiar scripture like I said. And what Elisha prays for is God opened the eyes of this young man. He saw, but he only saw the physical. And so Elisha prays that God would open his eyes so he could see more than the physical. So that he could see that God is in the midst. You know what I mean? Because sometimes we need that, especially when we're going through things. You need to see God in the midst of your situation. And so Elisha prays for this young man so he could see. And the Bible says, God opened his eyes and he saw God in the midst. Horses and chariots of fire in the midst of their situation. How many of you know perception is critical if you are to survive in your walk with God? You have to be able to see God in the midst of your situation. You've got to be able to see God in your situation and not just the situation. Amen? And so with that in mind, uh, with the idea of perception or seeing God in your situation, I want to preach to you a message that I've called the king that I see. The king that I see. Our main text, the first one is Matthew 27, verse 29. The Bible says, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. The Bible says, they wove, they being the Roman soldiers, they wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head. His head is Jesus. And they placed a reed stick on his right hand as a scepter. They knelt before him in mockery and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews. And then we jump over to Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 12. The Bible says, 
And I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. The earth and the sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for the opportunity that you've given us, God, to hear your word. I ask you, God, to speak to your people, allow your Holy Spirit to open their eyes, God, like you did with the servants, that they may see Jesus in the midst of their situation and not just their situation. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. The king that I see. The first thing we're going to look at is the king of the Jews. The king of the Jews. In these two scriptures that we have right here, our main text, we have two ways of how people view Jesus Christ. Their perception concerning Jesus. In one book, the book of Matthew, we see human beings viewing Jesus or looking at Jesus as a weak, limited, and fragile king. One who could be trifled with, one who could be played around with. But then, in our other text, the book of Romans, or the book of Revelations, I mean, you have another set of human beings, and they look at Jesus sitting on the throne, on that great white throne, and they see a king who is strong, a king who is limitless, a king who is omnipotent, all-powerful, a king who should not be trifled with. And so you have these two contrasts. You have the human beings looking at the same individual. But one group sees Jesus as a weak, limited king. And then the other group sees Jesus as uh, the mighty king, the king of kings, Lord of lords. Scripture tells us in the book of Matthew, the Bible says that the Roman soldiers dressed up Jesus. They dressed him up in order to make fun of him. Matthew 27, verse 28 through 29, the Bible says, They stripped him and put uh, put a scarlet robe on him. They wove thorn branches into a crown and they put it on his head. And they placed a reed stick uh, in his right hand as a scepter. Then they knelt before him in mockery and taunted Hail, King of the Jews. First thing we're going to look at this evening is they knelt before him in mockery. The word mockery means, simply means not to be taken seriously. So scripture is telling you and I this evening is they knelt before him, but they didn't take him serious. Right? They knelt before him in mockery. They knelt before him, but they didn't take him that serious. He wasn't that serious to them. What this tells me, when I read that, what this tells me is, you and I can kneel before Jesus, yet not take him seriously. We have the capacity to do that, to bow down before Jesus, yet not revere him. The question you've got to ask yourself is, 
Do you take Jesus seriously? As a believer, we know sinners don't take him seriously. We know that. But as believers, do you take Jesus seriously? Do you take his word seriously? Because you can bow down, but not take him seriously. Not take his word seriously. Because the word and Jesus are the same thing. John chapter 1. Our text says in Matthew, they stripped him. What he had, they removed from him. Many times you and I can do the same thing. I found myself doing the same thing to Jesus, stripping Jesus of his power and authority. Especially in the midst of circumstances, things are not going the way uh, I thought they were supposed to go. I, I had this A, B, and C planned, but things are going, you know, X, Y, Z. I haven't even been there. It's like it's completely the opposite. It's like, man, what's going on? And I found myself stripping Jesus of his power and authority, just like these Roman soldiers stripped Jesus of his authority. They stripped Jesus, uh, the Bible says, of his clothing. Circumstances can push us to, to view Jesus the way these Roman soldiers viewed Jesus as a weak king. And how did they view Jesus? They viewed Jesus as a limited king. Many times you can go through circumstances in your life, difficult circumstances, situations that you cannot overcome, and you find yourself pulling Jesus down to your level, stripping him of his power as the king of kings and bringing him down to your level, and all of a sudden your Jesus cannot overcome your problem. And just like the Roman soldiers, you've stripped him. Think for a moment about this. Scripture says they dressed him up. They put a scarlet robe on him. They dressed him up. They put on this scarlet robe on him. They put a stick in his hand. They put a crown of thorns on him. They dressed him up. They made a king out of Jesus instead of allowing Jesus to be a king over them. Meaning they made Jesus in their own image instead of taking on the image of Jesus. That was good. I'm going to repeat that. I know someone's writing that down. They made Jesus in their own image instead of taking on the image of Jesus. How did they do this? They dressed him up. The Bible calls us to take on the image of Jesus. Not for Jesus to take on our image. Romans 8.29 tells us we need to take on the image of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 tells us the same thing. Look like Jesus. Take on the image of Jesus so that when someone looks at you, when people look at you, they need to see Jesus and not you over time as you serve God. But this is not what the Romans did. Many times we can do the same thing. We can dress up Jesus. What I've come to find out is many believers today 
is we dress up Jesus' hands, we make him a weak Jesus. We make him our own Jesus, our own version of Jesus. Because he's no longer the Jesus that's found in the scriptures. He becomes a Jesus that's dressed up by us, however we want him to look like. He becomes our own Jesus, not Jesus, God's own son. And so he's a weak Jesus because he's, he's, he's limited like us. Think about this for a moment. The Romans dressed up Jesus and they made fun of him. They made a mockery of him. They, 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 they put him down. They looked down upon him. They were above, he was below. Yet the scripture says, Jesus came from above to come down below to us. We were below, he was above. They had flipped the script. And many believers can do this. Many believers serve a Jesus wearing the clothes that they want him to wear. Many believers serve a Jesus wearing the crown they want him to wear. Many believers serve a Jesus carrying a stick instead of a scepter. Many believers serve Jesus, a Jesus who is as powerful as their imaginations can take him to be. When you find yourself putting, limiting Jesus or Jesus' power, I don't know if you can do that, Jesus, then that's not the Jesus of the Bible. That's a dressed up Jesus that you have. My daughter is into dressing up her dogs. Many times, you know, when she dresses up the dolls, she controls the dolls. When the doll starts <laughs> controlling itself, then, you know, chucky, you know. <laughs> you know, to lay hands on some things, right? Okay. But she controls the dolls. She moves with them. She moves the arms, moves the legs. The doll do what she wants them to do. And at times, we can find ourselves doing that with Jesus. We dress up Jesus, and then he does what we want him to do. He says what we want him to say. He allows us to do what we want to do. It's a dressed up Jesus, a Jesus of our imagination. The Bible calls that idolatry. The Bible says you shall not have any other gods before me, even a created God in your imagination. You can create a Jesus for yourself who is not the same Jesus from the Bible. You know what I mean? Stay with me. He tells you what you want to hear, not what the Bible says. This is why you hear some, when you're outreaching and talking to people, someone will say a statement that, well, Jesus told me to, and then they throw a sin out there. Jesus told me to leave my husband. You ever had that? He talked some, Jesus told me to, they throw a sin out there. This is what my wife and I encountered as we were pioneering in South Carolina. We were pioneering in South Carolina, Spartanburg. We talked to people. We spoke to people. We had people come to church. And then, you know, after a while, come and start pressing the issue, dealing with some issues of sin. And they'll hit you with, well, God understands. Now, I'm, you're committing adultery. You do know that, right? 
you, 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 you're fornicating. You do know what the Bible is. And you show them the scriptures. You show them what the real Jesus is saying. But they'll read it and nod their head, but they'll hit you back with. But God understands. My Jesus, that's your Jesus. My Jesus is okay with this. He understands. And this is, actually that message written out of that uh, the encounter. And it dawned on me that the Jesus they're serving and the Jesus I'm serving are two different Jesuses. I mean, you know what I mean? And I, you know, that scripture came in my head. Jesus said, many will come in my name. I was like, yeah, many are coming in your name. Because each person creates their own Jesus. And it's real bad because in this society with social media and different things, you can create, you can just make up your own ideology. That they neglect the real Jesus in the Bible. Even when they read it and look at it. You can show them this is what the real Jesus is saying. And usually they get mad at me. You're the pastor. They get mad at me and, you know, because it's contrary to their Jesus. An idol. The real Jesus is a Jesus who aligns with the Bible because they're one and the same. You know what I mean? If they're one and the same, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, you need to make sure it aligns with his word because if it's not aligning with his word, then it may not be the Holy Spirit. It might be a spirit, but it ain't the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Because the devil talks. I mean, you know that. He was talking in Genesis too. He talks. So if it's not aligning with the word, then you, you need to, you need to, hey, what's, it might be you talking to you. <laughs> so the question comes is, how is the real Jesus? How is the real Jesus? This leads me to my second point, the real Jesus, and my final point. The real Jesus resembles the Jesus found in the Bible. The Bible is full of examples of how the real Jesus operated. How the real Jesus functioned. How he dealt with issues. How he spoke to people and how he dealt with sin. The real Jesus spoke about having faith. Right? He spoke about when you're in a storm, you need to behave a certain way. He said, when you're in a storm, I'm with you. Lo, I'm with you always. I'm always with you. When you're going through things, I'm with you. When circumstances get difficult because we live in a fallen world, he's with us. That's what he said. And this is why it's repeated that you need to repeat God's word. Yes, back to him, but back to yourself. Because you need to remind yourself of the Jesus that you and I serve. So that you don't find yourself in a position where you Dress up another Jesus. The Jesus, the false Jesus who tells you, well, that church is not good for you, even though you know it's good for you. And he tells you, well, I got that church where they won't point out your sin. The real Jesus pointed out sin in mercy to draw people to himself. You know what I mean? The real Jesus. The Bible, Jesus. Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 to 14. 
Revelations 19, verses 11 through 14, and verse 16, the Bible says, Then I saw heaven opened, and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. Pay attention to these words, wages a righteous war. His, his eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his title was the Word of God. There it is. The armies of heaven dressed in the finest of pure white linen followed him on white horses. And then you jump over to verse 16. The Bible says, on his robe at the thigh was written the title King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Revelations 20, verses 11 through 12, the Bible says, And I saw a great white throne, and the one sitting on it. The earth and the sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. That's the Bible Jesus right there. That's the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the, the ruler that you serve. The one who's seated upon God's right hand. The one who's coming back again, the one who's going to judge the earth in one point. That's the king that you and I serve. So the question is, which king do you see? Do you see a king who's below, a king who's earthly, a king who's, who's been dressed up by our imaginations and has a stick instead of a scepter? Or do you see the king who's seated on the throne of God and is glowing in his great white throne and all humanity stands before him? Is that the king that you see? Which king do you see? Because when you get that perception right, you start behaving a certain way. You know what I mean? When you get a revelation that who God is, who Jesus is, you begin to behave a certain way. When you're in the storms of life, you begin to behave a certain way. The Bible says that they were in the boat, the disciples, and the boat was rocking back and forth, and water was filling in the boat. And the Bible says Jesus came walking to them. And all of a sudden, they're in this boat, and he's rocking back and forth. And all of them, all the disciples, saw Jesus. But only one behaved in faith. Only one stepped out onto the water. Now, what would make Peter come up with that idea? Hmm. I can walk on water. He said to Jesus, if it is you, command me to come to you. Perception. Why? You defy the laws of nature. The Jesus he saw and the Jesus that the other disciples saw were two different Jesuses. He saw uh, the king of kings, the lord of laws, uh, the rule of all the earth. Uh, that's why he could say something like that and step out in the storm and walk on the water in the storm. Jesus didn't take away the storm, but Peter walked in the storm. Perception. How you see Jesus. The king that you see. How many of you know the real Jesus is more than able? The real Jesus delivers from bondages. I've literally had people say uh, they're bound by, 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 bound by smoking weed, and that's a big thing today now. They're bound by, and they're like, you know, well, uh, he used to do it back then, but, you know, it's just, it's just I'm, I'm, you know, it's like they're saying I'm special. I, I just can't get liberated from weed. 
And I'm like, my Jesus can deliver you. He delivered me from addictions. Perception. The real Jesus can deliver you from bondages. The real Jesus sets people free. That's what he said. That's, his, that's in his, his, his open declaration as he came upon the earth. I was sent to, and you go down the list. He tells you what he came to do. So either he's lying or he's not. Either he delivers or he doesn't deliver. Or the, either he rescues or he doesn't rescue. Either he blesses and takes care of his people or he doesn't. It's all linked to you and I, how we view, what kind of Jesus, what kind of king do we see? The real Jesus walks on water. That's why Peter was able to walk on water. Meaning uh, he has the capacity to supersede laws of nature. The real Jesus heals the sick, miracles. The real Jesus uh, comes the unruly seas uh, that are dominating your life. The real Jesus... Uh, Sits upon a great white throne. The real Jesus commands all creation. The real Jesus will one day judge the whole land. This is the Bible, Jesus. And you and I need to align our mindset of Jesus because sometimes we can allow our minds to, to drift away into imagination land. But we need to pull it back and, and, and get it biblical. Especially again in times of difficulty, when things are not going your way, when prayers that you've been praying haven't been answered, and, and then maybe your life is being shaken, you're in a stop. You really need to stick the Bible, Jesus, because that will rescue you and help you. If you believe in the real Jesus, then your behavior will reflect that. How you view Jesus in your difficult circumstances will determine what kind of king you're looking at. Your perspective will determine the king that you see. Do you see the king that the Roman soldiers saw? The weak and limited king? Or do you see the king that John the apostle saw seated upon the great white throne? Which king do you serve? Only you determine the answer to that question. Nobody can. You determine that. You know what I find very interesting? I'm closing up. What I find very interesting is how when we're young believers, we just got saved, we believe in the revelation king. You ever notice that? And it's like the longer we serve, we're serving God, we, we lose focus of that revelation king, the king seated on the great white throne. When all of a sudden we start limiting Jesus. But God is telling us today, go back to your first love, right? Revelation. Go back to, to how he was, how you, how you view Jesus as one who could do anything. Yeah, he can do anything. And you walked around very confident that he could do anything. Because when you operate that way, and you open doors to many things, when you view Jesus correctly, then you're able to walk on water. When you view Jesus correctly, then you're able to heal the sick and you're able to, to, to do miracles that he did. He said you would do more miracles than I would. You're able to do all these things. 
Even though difficulties will come, even though discouragements will come, you're, you're able to overcome them because Jesus said, my followers will overcome. They'll be overcomers. Because it was a perception. And the Holy Spirit is calling us this evening to have a right perception of Jesus. Now you know what I mean? To see the Bible, Jesus, not our own imagination of Jesus. Because that's idolatry. But to see the real Jesus, because when you see him right, you're right. You get right. You operate right. Circumstances don't change, but something changes in you. Amen? Let's bow our heads, close our eyes this evening. Heads bowed down, eyes closed in the presence of God. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, God. Heads bowed down, eyes closed in the presence of God. The king that I see. The Bible tells us the Roman soldiers saw, they saw a limited Jesus, a weak Jesus that they dressed up. But Revelation tells us that there's Jesus that you and I serve. He's seated on a white throne even now. And he rules over all the earth. King of kings, Lord of lords, the Bible says was his name. Almighty God. Emmanuel, God with us. Maybe you're here this evening and you've never met the real Jesus. You've met other Jesuses out there, you know pseudo fake Jesuses, but you never had an encounter with the real God, the God of the Bible, through his son, Jesus Christ. And you say, you know, I'm not saved. I'm not right with Jesus, and I'd like to get right with Jesus. Raise your hand, and I'll pray with you this evening. Not saved, and you want to get saved. Holy Spirit is dealing with you, pressing you. Maybe you're bound by some of these bondages I mentioned. Weed and 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 and, and, and you're involved in sin, sexual sin, or, or maybe even other sins, huh? and you think it's okay with Jesus. The Bible says that's not okay with God. He desires that you come unto repentance because that's what Jesus wants, that we all come unto repentance. And you're here today, not saved, and you want to get saved. Raise your hand and I'll pray with you this evening. Maybe you're backsliding. You once walked with God. You once were involved in the things of God, but you left that behind. You got pulled away into the world, and you say, I want to get things right. I want to return and get things right with Jesus Christ. Raise your hand, and I'll pray with you this evening. Backsliding. Like the prodigal son who ran away from his father, but the scripture says he came back. Once he was brought, he came back. Maybe that's you. That's your life story. And you say, uh, I've been broken by the world. I ran away from God, but I've been broken. I'm ready to come back. Raise your hand, and I'll pray with you this evening. Backslider. Not saved. Praise God. I'm going to open up the altars. You can spend time with God. Speak to God. Let God speak to you. The altars are open. You can spend time now.